Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the physical digital tiny room. I am the co-host of the podcast, which is called Michael and Benjamin's Podcast, and I am Michael. And I am joined by the man who has been called, the man who has been retroactively fitted in since the beginning of Irish podcasting, it's Benjamin. Hello. That wasn't one of my best intros, Um, Ben. I've had better. Hit the theme music. Theme music for the podcast. Don't actually have anything music But I hope someone will make some up for us I don't wanna name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel And we're back And we're back that's weird because we didn't actually listen to the thing. Yeah, we see that's that's the that's the illusion again, Michael. Again, you're just coming in. You know, we've carefully crafted this wonderful illusion of what we do here that everything is timed perfectly and that we're listening with the listener. And then you just come in with your with your size twenty five boots and stomp it all to the ground. Boots don't go up to twenty five, Ben. That would be some sort of giant, a giant man, a giant will. man. That's Which why it's so funny in the tiny room every yeah. week. Oh, very good, ah. Ben. We'll be able to see a giant man officially this week. Oh yeah! Oh, finally, God! Yeah. What is it? August second. August second. Does August anyone 2nd. care anymore? I don't think no, so. No, I think it's lost its oomph. Yeah. A, a remarkable amount of people do not know why it hasn't been released. Um, mm. I was chatting to a friend of mine by Skype because it's the twenty first century, uh, and she was saying she's really pissed off at Marvel because she doesn't understand why they haven't released it. Oh. And I said, "Oh, well, I could actually fill that gap in for you. We have a and, whole podcast you could listen and, to." <laughs> And then I sent her there and I cut off the Skype conversation. Very She's good. not allowed to talk to me just to listen to it. Excellent. That's how you build a listenership, Ben. What, what did you tell her? Did you blame the World Cup? World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup. That's what it is. Ben, speaking of um, things which were pushed back because of the World Cup, I saw The Incredibles 2. Ooh, excellent. Hold on, let me reframe the intonation on that. I saw The Incredibles 2. Oh, that's flatter. Yeah, I know, but also the two was supposed to sound like a two, like an old, so it wasn't great. It wasn't yeah, great anyway, anyway. But Ben, it's a good film. It's a good film, good yes. little flick. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's a good little flick. It's not as world-changing as the first one by any stretch of no. the imagination. No. It is, it's an Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, you know filler. what I mean. Yeah, if it was, if it were in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it would be one of the other ones. Yeah, look, Pixar's been going down for a while. It's now a sequel factory. Doesn't mean they can't produce good sequels. Very good sequels. Not saying they can't produce good sequels, mm-hmm. but that spark, that big Pixar magic thing is is not as evident. I think Coco was the last original thing they did, which was very good. I haven't seen Coco, Ben. Is it any good? It, it's very good, but it doesn't have any of the hype that um, they used to do. They're also now using the Disney formula where they use musical numbers to pep up their story. Yeah, that wasn't a traditional go. Pixar thing. Never a Pixar thing. Um, Would you say, Ben, that Disney animation and Pixar animation have essentially blended into one and they might as well merge them into one studio? I would actually argue that Pixar uh, is now falling behind Disney animation. I think Disney animation has produced more interesting things in the last couple of years. Like the what? Uh, A Big Hero 6. I didn't really like that. Um, A Moana. Was that not Pixar? No, that was Walt Disney Animation. Was that not Pixar? Studios. Oh, wow, that's that's, big news. That's what caught you out there. Um, So I would actually say that Walt uh, Disney Animation Studios are a little bit ahead at this point in what ha, they're doing. Do Have they, this is pure speculation, I just genuine question, Ben, I'm hitting you with a genuine question, have they poached some of the creative talents? Oh, from... I imagine they have. I, I don't have any stats on that, but I, I can't imagine. Well, I mean, there's the whole John Lasseter scandal. He's now stepped down. 
What did he do? He was a me tooer. Did he do tweets? Um, no, no, he had to step down because he was he was an L he was an L harasser. Was he having an L grope in the workplace? He was having an L grope. Mm. Um, in in uh, of the lady animators of the lady animators the animatrices the anim- animatrices. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes them sound a lot more kinky than they actually are. Well, you I don't, don't know. know. I don't you know, don't know the female animators. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, he was he was having an L feel. I actually know one or two. They're weird. Are they any weird? Yeah, weird That's people. good. Alienate Animate. the demographic, Michael. Animators are weird people. Animators are weird people. Fair enough. Um, anyway, anyway, what are we uh, talking about? Mr. Oh, Lasseter yeah. has gone. Has gone the way of the Weinstein. Um, he's a, he's a dirty old man, oh, and he's no. been removed from power. Oh so. no. Um, anyway, look, it's a good film. The the super heroics are good. It's the the style. Everyone loves the style. The, is it the sixties or not? Kind of look that yeah. it has going on. Everything looks like our blue yeti microphones. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, which is nice. Not sponsored by Blue Yeti yet. Yet. Yeah. Get on it. Yet, yet. Uh, but a bit of a lightweight plot. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went we went bare bare bones on the plot then. Not bare bones, just a bit lightweight. It's okay. it's not the you're not going to remember it in in 10 years. Yeah. I remember I I haven't seen the I remember the first one perfectly. Yeah. And I've only seen it, I think, twice, it and I haven't sticks. seen it in years. And I remember things like the volcano lair and the. the I, I remember Syndrome mm. so well as a character and his motivation. He was he was a great. Um, he's a great. Yeah, oh, the, the villain in this isn't great either. But look, I'm yeah. not. I'm not not recommending it. It's a fine Saturday afternoon film that you'll thoroughly enjoy while you're watching, it and then forget about it afterwards. Yeah, if you have a sprog and nothing to do. Head well, on down I think to your if, local you have cinema. A, if you have a sprog, as you've. Yes, yeah. you decided to use that word. Yeah. Uh, you probably never have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because they're real. That's hands true. Because in in the end, it mm-hmm. is the hardest job in the world, Michael. That's what they say. Motherhood. Motherhood. The toughest job, but so reward, so rewarding. Ben's mother has recently started listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and he fears her wrath. Her wrath. You would too if you met my mother, Benjamin. Uh, yep. <laughs> what else are we talking about? Oh, speaking of animated studios merging together, essentially, yes. uh, Disney and Fox. It's, Disney it's, and Fox. It's, it's a go. It's been a bleeding merger. Yeah, been been an L mergey merge. Ha- still hasn't ha- actually happened though, has no, it? No, no, but it has been confirmed. Yeah. It's finally a hundred percent confirmed. Mm. Um, interesting news. Apparently, there are already plans for Galactus and the Fantastic Four. Quite Ideal. Possibly. That's great. Um, that is Sil- Silver Surfer is going to make Fantastic. his big debut. I would imagine maybe we're going to go a cosmic Marvel route and introduce the Silver Surfer and Galactus outside of the Fantastic Four because they can do that now. Oh, very good. Um, so I think maybe that's what's going to happen there uh, in the same style as, as a Doctor Strange where you mm-hmm. take a slightly obscure niche, well-followed character Mm-hmm. Like the Silver Surfer in this case, a B lister. Another another Ditko. Is that a Ditko or is it a Kirby? Kirby. Is he a Kirby? He's no. a Kirby. I'm sorry, guys. He's a Kirby. Uh, but one of the one of the famous kind of big creator creations, um, and I think they're going to do that with him. Uh, Chris Evans is also weighed in. He wants a, a Human Torch, Captain America crossover. crossover, and he said, "I want it in the style of planes, trains, and automobiles, or the Parent Trap." So he wants to play himself in both and, <laughs> and do that, which I thought was very funny. That was in a tweet. Wouldn't so. it be great if they did a Fantastic Four film and Chris Evans played the Human Torch for half of it, and then inexplicably Michael B. Jordan played him for the second <laughs> half, and everyone kind of refuses to address it, and then they both switch into Killmonger and Captain America respectively yeah, at the end. The, the <laughs> Um, That'd be very good. Ben, as you know, I would love for the X Men to be introduced to the Marvel Cinematic you Universe uh, in a set in a kind of from the start. Mm. Start them as teens, genuine. Oh, do young the original teens. team? Yeah, do it's the original time. team as young teens coming up in this world after the snap. Everything's kind of 
there's been a big shuffle. Oh, after the snap? Yeah. You're going post-snap? Yeah. Like, nice. As, bring them in as teens now. They don't have to be the same age as the existing heroes. Mm. They are they were teens when they started to make them teens now. Um, and they, they kind of tried that with first class, but then they lost their way a little bit with yeah. first class. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I want. But look, I'm it's not... because they I'm wanted to keep continuity, but they've proven it with Tom Holland. You can have you can have young, you know, you can have young superheroes now. Like, yeah, that's a thing. Tom Holland, Shuri is very popular. Shuri is massively popular, um, and not hard to see why. Great character. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger is very good. I mean, really, this is the time to have your young X Men team. Fair point there, Michael. Fair yeah, point. Let's bring them, bring them back, and then you can say that there have been always mutants, mm. but very relatively few. Yeah. Because and, but it's been ramping up of late. Exactly. So you can still have your Professor X leading the team. He's just been lying low for all these years. That's perfectly reasonable. Your Magneto. Mm. It's getting to the stage, though, where if you want to set things in the modern world, you're not going to be able to do Magneto as a World War II victim anymore. Yeah, so you're losing your backstory. Mm. Mm. And Unless you do old Magneto again, but you're even then, you're yeah, running out even of... Even then, like if he was born in, let's say he was born in 19... He has to be born around 1935, 36. Yeah. So what does that make him, Ben? I'm, no, don't do this. That's not fair. <laughs> That's fuck you. <laughs> This isn't the Michael and Benjamin make fun of Benjamin's lack of arithmetic. <laughs> so it makes him very old. Um, so you're going to have like an 80-year-old as Magneto. And a, makes him very old. An 80-year-old as Magneto and a 40-year-old as Professor X. They can still be friends. They can't be college friends or anything anymore. Creepy friends, though. Mm. It's like it's started to be like, oh, when did you meet him as a 40-year-old? Oh. Really. Um, so, I mean, that raises more questions. But... I mean, you could still do it. It'd still be very good, I think. It's it, now is the time, Michael. Yeah, fair, fair point. There. Or just let Magneto lie. He's had nine films or something. You do want a new Fashti back in though? You you want another? No, no, no. Joe, you can't. You can't have any of the. No, get rid of all of them. Not even Hugh Jackman. Can't. No, Hugh Jackman's gone. Yeah, get rid of him. He's getting old, man. Yeah, get rid of him. Also, to be a travesty to bring him back now. After Logan, like they did, they did yeah, a good job there. They, yeah, let's wrap up the X Men cinematic universe. Start afresh. Start reboot. Mm. A reboot. Yeah. What are we talking about as well? Um, then we were moving on to you. We you had another comic book roundup. I did, Ben. You had another comic book roundup. Ben, you know, for many a year, I was a fan of Invincible. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, no, you've never mentioned that before, Michael. It isn't like we have to listen to that every time you feel like it. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> we thought our computer yeah no the computer has there I'm um, slightly worried about the fact that this isn't plugged in do we do we have a charger the charger's downstairs the charger's downstairs well look we'll try and make it through the podcast and we'll keep we're an on eye on the edge we'll keep an eye if anything goes horribly wrong we'll this take will, a pause this will add to the edge of the podcast as we, usual this will be as we, you've got 84%, 84% Michael we'll be fine. It's, it's fine so Ben as we were saying I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before but uh, I, I have been an invincible reader for many a year I'm gesturing towards my Michael's invisible been collection. a comic book fan for many a but year. But Ben, as it turns out, oh, that's very good. As it turns out, I think I'm actually a Ryan Otley fan. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Great, great artist. And the new Spider-Man, just, I think, one of the best kind of jumping on points for comic book readers in a long time. Really? Yeah. That's good. Um, the new, the, especially issue two. Because especially issue one, especially had to kind of ruin his life again. Yeah, he had and to get he had to get an old smack around. He had to get a smack around, but get back with MJ. Ah. But now he's poor, he's unemployed, but he's back with MJ. He's Spider Man again. Yeah. And issue two is a Spider Man adventure with Spider Man doing Spider Man things. Great. With a little twist ending. Can't can't yeah can't resist that. Actually, the final panel in this one 
is a panel that we've seen from Ryan Otley about eight million times. That's the cover um, for the next, cover week's, for next week's one. So if you, if you take a look, you can you can take a look w- without spoilers. But that is that is the go to Ryan Otley hero versus hero. I know image. He does. Um, he has. It's Ryan Otley challenge. Even look at the cover there, Ben. Yeah, that is very reminiscent. I didn't want to say it a couple of weeks ago, but it is very reminiscent of the issue cover where Dinosaurus yeah. is screaming at the replacement Invincible Bulletproof. Yeah, uh, he's channeling himself. Well, I think I think I, I mean you can just flick through, and even the action beats and the way he draws are are very. He loves he loves a strong uppercut and a flying uppercut. Yeah. And, you know, he's got Africa again. He was big on Africa for a while. There's, yeah. there's Africa in that issue. This is without spoilers. These are just kind of beats in the various comic books and stuff like that. But it's good. Like I mean, yeah. very similar to what we've seen before yeah. for the the lizard it transfer- does, transformations. Yeah, lizard transforming back into Doctor. Dr. Connors yeah. is very similar to the Dinosaurus transformation. But I think all this is a good thing. I think, Ben, this could be... Invincible could be a 12 hardback collection, 144 issues of practice for Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is good news for Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was be, a great run. Um, this could be amazing. This could do be... You, go on. Do you think... Sorry, didn't mean to step over there. Yes, do, you, do. do you think that they're going to touch on the Spider-Man selling his soul? No, thing. I don't think so. Do you think, I we're, think just, we're just yeah? Everything that has ever happened to Spider Man doesn't count anymore. Excellent. If you're reading the Amazing Spider Man, that makes I'm you sure really spe- happy. I'm sure in the Spectacular Spider Man or the the other current ongoing Spider Man is it the Spectacular Spider Man? Tell you. I think it is the Spectacular Spider Man. I'm sticking with that pronunciation, yeah, yeah. obviously. Obviously, um, uh, I think in that one everything still stands. Okay, but in this one, this is for new readers. Yeah, good. This is you've got. An up-and-coming superstar artist yeah. who, after years of a single project, is now a free agent. And, and can do it. Here wants. we go. This yeah. is it. This is this could be the start of something wonderful. And he is very much a superstar artist. He has a, an amazing range for what he can draw. Yeah, well, all his redheads do look quite similar. Yeah, no, but I mean, in terms of, of you know, if you need a robot... Yeah, or if you need some some future space MacGuffin tech, mm-hmm. if you need, which is very good for Spider Man because yeah. he's such a science based kind of guy. A man turning into a thing. If you need a man turning into a thing, yeah. if you need a, a ray of some kind that looks kind of cool. Yeah, Ryan Otley's your guy. Like yeah. he'll just go off and he'll. I always remember the really intricate panels for ships and stuff that he did for yeah. Invincible, which are really impressive works of perspective and kind of just mm. like he's good. He's got he's a Mobius kind of like, hand. He's a master of perspective in many yeah, ways. Yeah, he is. He, when when someone gets uppercutted out of a panel, you, you really you feel, feel it. it. Yeah, like that foreshortening on his on like how the feet are smaller, not just because he can't draw feet like Rob Liefeld. No, because it's an intentional part of the art form that enhances <laughs> the viewer's relationship with the panel. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. exactly, exactly. That thing you said. What's other news? Um, anyway, um. Speaking of Spider-Man, yes, I have been. I have been. Uh, oh no, not speaking of Spider-Man. Sorry, but speaking of image, we were since speaking we were on Invincible. Um, sp- speaking of image, I, oh, um, what a segue, Ben! Technically, I didn't do the best job there. Uh, you're the segue man, not me. Um, new trailers came out um, at the end, kind of the lesser-known trailers, I suppose, out of the Sunday of trailers. Sunday, yeah, the Sunday trailers, exactly the ones that just slipped on by. Well, um, they, they didn't slip by us; just we had already recorded the podcast because <laughs> we do it on Sunday mornings. Remember. Yeah, so we were lazy and we didn't get all the trailers. Um, but two interesting ones that that uh, piqued my curiosity or caught my interest. Um, Deadly Class has been turned into a series. For those that don't know, Deadly Class is... For example, me. 
um, a series published by uh, Image Comic Books. Rick Remender and Lowry, but I can't remember the artist's full name. It's great. It's about. It's set in the eighties. The eighties. Things were acceptable in the eighties. One of the best decades. Um, many, many of the best things came out of the eighties. Ben couldn't tell you. Gated reverb. Gated reverb. Yeah, that came out of the eighties. Was uh, that? Was that? You know, uh, what's a prime example of gated reverb? Something Michael? in the air tonight, Ben. By Phil Collins, Michael. I can't do it. You do it. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Me. You. You came yeah, out of the 80s. I came out of the 80s. Were you acceptable in the 80s? No. Oh. Um, who else came out of the 80s? Uh, Eliza Dushku. Oh, that that's solid Solid 80s work. Did she? I don't know. I don't know. Be. We'll have to double <laughs> check oh, that. I'm going to check Eliza that. Dushku could be my age. We don't know. You know? I think she no, might she be. No, she was older in Buffy. In her 40s. You do the thing. She was I'll someone to look at. Anyway, Dushku's. Deadly Class is a really interesting thing. Uh, it's centered around a particular character. Uh, who is a street urgent, uh, street urgent, <laughs> urchin, not urgent, street urgent, uh, street urchin. Uh, he's an orphan. He's living on the streets oh, yeah. in recession America. In recession America, he is very violent. Um, he has a dark past. Um, we it's teased out over a couple of issues. Great art style, really clean. Anyway, he gets taken in by kind of a school of assassins for teenagers. They take in outcasts. They turn them into killing machines. Is this Mark Miller? This sounds like um, Mark no. Miller. It's much better than Mark Miller because it's not. Um, everybody comes together. It's not. You can't follow it easily. It's difficult. It's well told. Beautiful art style, really experimental stuff here and there with mm. neon colours in the 80s and stuff like that. Um, very much coming of age, but real coming of age, not this like, oh, I have such a difficult decision, Dawson's Creek in the background kind of thing. It's more... No, but it's prone to like the temper tantrums of, of teenagers and stuff like that. Why do you hate that Dawson's you have... Creek? Um, I don't hate Dawson's Creek, but I don't think it's a very Is it because you never want of... to wait? I, I don't want to wait, Michael, no, for my life to be over. Um, you know? <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so it's been turned into a series produced yes. by the Russo brothers, who we're very fond of here at the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Benedict Wong is going to be playing the headmaster. Benedict Wong also plays Wong on... In the Doctor Strange films mm-hmm. and with Avengers Benedict Cumberbunds, um, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It looks really good. It looks really high octane. Um, a fun series. I don't know if it's going to be a 20 minute or if it's going to be a 40 minute, but it's on Sci-Fi, so I'd hazard a guess we're going to get a 20 minute. Oh, um, yeah, Sci-Fi are doing it. Oh, like a sitcom type situation. No, not at all. It looks really cinematic. Um, mm. So it looks really good. But oh yeah, you mean the 20 minute format for a sitcom? Yeah. yeah. They've they've been playing around with that a little bit. They do a lot of it. They seem to have a deal with Image. Um, they've also done Happy, the Grant Morrison detective imaginary friend. Oh, the unicorn one. Thing. Yeah, they did that for Christmas. Haven't and seen it that. Was, Heard it's good. It was a big hit. It was very good. Excellent. Uh, really well produced. Uh, anyway, so they seem to have a deal with them. And that seems to be what's going to be happening. So I'm looking forward to that. And then another good news. You and I are fond of uh, Gay Man. Uh, not not gay men, Michael. Well, uh, although there would be nothing wrong with that if we were. Yeah. Uh, but Neil Gaiman oh, yes. in this particular case, I think it's fair to say we're both fans. I'm a fan of Neil Gaiman. We love a gay man. Uh, <laughs> and um, that was intentionally that was intentionally wordplay. Sorry, guys. Um, anyway, it turns out that he he had a very um, he had a very close friendship with Terry Pratchett before he passed away. Terry. He did. They wrote some books together. They wrote some books together. One of the books they wrote together. Very done there michael thank you one of the books they wrote together there was good omens good omens was a half and halfer yeah. that they wrote together about uh, an angel and a demon who are trying to stop the apocalypse from coming to pass yeah um and it's being adapted into an l an l uh series is it by sky 
It is by uh, Sky. I generally haven't liked the Terry Pratchett adaptions, adaptations by Sky. What gives me hope for this one... Go on. First of all, is Neil Gaiman is actually on set. He's the consultant and producer. Right. Um, second of all, some stellar actors. You're not talking about your B-list British actors this time. You've got a Michael Bob Sheen. Hoskins. You've got a Mike... No, no. Bob He's dead, Hoskins. isn't he? He's dead. Um, Michael Sheen okay. is playing the angel. Um, bloody, bloody only... John Hamm. John Hamm. Playing another angel. Why is John Hamm a British actor now? Because um, he likes working with the Brits, I think. Okay. Um, he's all, he, I don't know. He just he seems to like that end of things and he gets a lot of work out of them. So sure, yeah. yeah. Why not? Say, not going to say no to work, Ben. And then huge uh, podcast favourite, bloody David Tennant, is David playing Tennant. the demon. Oh, very good. So um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's going to depend. Because it's a Sky production, it's going to depend heavily on the um heavily on the actors more than the thing because sky has a little bit of an inhuman syndrome which um, when it comes to special effects and stuff it looks a little bit cheap sometimes it does i often think that they can be too faithful to the books as well yeah. they tend to film things which i don't know i don't like saying that too faithful to the books because when you end up trouble. with DC. No, then you end up with DC movies where you just go, oh no, that's unfilmable, that's unfilmable, that's unfilmable, yeah. and then you end up bastardizing the characters. I don't know what mm. it is. Look, Ben, I'm not going to say anything else because I haven't actually fully watched all the way through a Neil Gaiman adaption. I just, uh, they just don't appeal to me. I don't know why. I prefer the books. And He's a, he's a much better writer. No, than oh, sorry, not the book. Not Neil Gaiman. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. They're not, usually they have been subpar to say the least. I haven't enjoyed them. Yeah. I uh, think some people have though. I, I would think they're quite popular because Bob Hoskins. Making them. Yeah, Bob Hoskins probably enjoyed them he, when he was alive. Yeah. Is he dead? Is he definitely he's, dead? No, he's definitely dead. Oh, that's definitely true. dead. He had Alzheimer's towards the end of his Did life. He? Like so he Terry Pratchett. Of, he yeah, he kind of disappeared. Terry Pratchett was a much more functional Alzheimer's sufferer and actually chose to end his own life. Oh, a euthanasia. He was a euthanasia uh, he, guy. He, one of my favorite things was that he demanded his laptop and all of the works he was working on when he when he got too sick to keep writing be destroyed yeah. so that no one could finish them. Yeah, I think that was a solid call. His daughter is quite prolific in sci-fi communities and fantasy writing and stuff like that. She yeah. she has kind of stepped up to the plate there. Um, but yeah, he, he had a lot of integrity there towards the end. My friend Jim is the Terry Pratchett of Facebook. Yeah, uh, how so? Every post that he makes on Facebook is very meta-referential and full of asterisks. Oh, that's good. And, yeah, it's... Is, is it Terry fun Pr- to read? Yeah, Terry Pratchett... Like, well, it's just normal stuff, but he just loves an asterisk. Oh, why not? I've really just wanted to say asterisk a couple of times. Yeah, it's quite nice. For any of our ASMR listeners out there, you probably quite enjoyed that. <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, for both of those actually fully optimistic for the deadly class because I really enjoy that comic I think it's incredibly well written sorry I am very loud today uh, you you're peeking away over the, I'm, the levels I'm, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back here because my loud booming voice got excited hi I'm Ben and, and I love stuff <laughs> I'm real happy about stuff that's happening oh I can't wait to see that I'm Ben. Now God damn it. Blasting. We might do a little bit of noise reduction in post-edit today. Yeah. Um, if the battery doesn't die. If the battery doesn't How are we doing battery? We're all it right. Seems, we're all it right. seems it's going strong. Yeah, we're all right. Um, welcome back to Is It Gonna Die Before We Finish the Podcast? Three hours. The podcast four- where we're always on edge. Three hours and 45 um, minutes left. That's we're, never accurate. We're fine. That's never accurate. Um, anyway. Yeah, go on. Moving from your comic roundup this week where you read The Amazing Spider-Man. I, I have read two comics this week. Justice League Dark is one of them. And uh, Venom, the new Venom run, is oh. the other one. Are you aware of what's happening in the Venom 
comic at the moment? No. No. Um, basically, uh, the, old, the old symbiotes are having their backstory fleshed out major league. Uh, it was only a couple of years ago that we found out um, there was a whole planet. That there's a whole planet of. Them. They have a god. They have a god. Exactly. So you are kind of aware of. What's oh, is this happening what you're? The, okay, yeah. Sorry. So the god has now been given a name. Okay. He's called Null with a K, a silent K. Wasn't that the Hulk's? Uh, no, that was that was Clu. Yeah. Which is much worse. Um, that's canon, by the way. That pops up now every now and then. Clu. The Hulk's Hulk. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was in Defenders. He was in a whole run of the Defenders, which is an all right run. Of a bit weird. Bit weird. Anyway. Um, Marvel seems to have no problem having weird runs just slapped in. Like, they never seem to worry about stuff like that. That's how um, comics work. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, uh, Null has now been fully established. Um, Venom is teaming up with Miles Morales to try and take out uh, Null. Null comes to Earth. The symbiotes get a whole backstory. Turns out he's not the first human to ever wear a symbiote. He's mm. um, he. There was a Vietnam project, stuff like that. Anyway, very good stuff. Kind of fun to see. Oh, you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, kind of fun to see. Um, recently been revealed that uh, Null is one of the Marvel creatures to exist before the Big Bang and oh. the Celestials. Oh. Um, so he's one of those. He's also the source Boo. of the Necro Sword that Gore the God Butcher uses. Boo. Yeah, see? So we're starting to stitch stuff in. Boo. Um, do you know what that's called, Michael? What is it called, Ben? It's called a retcon, Michael. Oh, very good. It's called a retcon, Michael. Do you want to do what even is, or will I do what I'll even do, is? I'll do, I'll say, Ben, what do, What even is a retcon? <laughs> a retcon is, I had to ask Michael this before, because I've always referred to it as retcon. Mm. But it turns out what it's called is retroactive continuity. Mm-hmm. It's where an L creator, or an L comic book line, goes into the past of a character and tinkers around. Doesn't have to be comic books. Came to be. Doesn't have to be comic books. They do it in films, TV series, yeah. all this kind of things. Basically, anything that runs long enough where the creator's original idea for the story has run out. Yeah. And you go, how are we going to milk more out of this? Yeah, we wrote ourselves into a corner mm-hmm. and now we're stuck. Yeah. Um, and we go back and wreck on. Now, occasionally... Go on. Occasionally, these can have fantastic results that deepen your love of the character mm-hmm. and help you to engage more in the world that they've built. That's right, Ben. More often than not... In my opinion, um, that's your opinion. Though. It does. It does the opposite. It kind of seems like a cheap cop out mm-hmm. of something, and it, you're going back in. I mean, there's, there's. I think the more guilty company for this kind of thing is is DC. I don't know. I disagree. I think Marvel do it obnoxiously sometimes. Obnoxiously. Okay. So um, DC are very fond of a reboot, a full reboot, exactly. as opposed to a retconning, mm. which I suppose is the more responsible way to do your retconning. Marvel kind of just do. Oh, but. But the whole but time, I think I think one of the big ones that I think Marvel is guilty of lately is the the prehistoric Avengers. Go on, this, this oh, Stone get out Age of your prehistoric line, Avengers, where yes. it turns out that Odin was Thor before Thor was Thor, and, and there was a, there has always been a Black Panther. Yeah, and, and always the been Phoenix a ghost Force yeah. was always, and there's always been a Ghost Rider that rode around on a mammoth. A fiery mammoth. A fiery mammoth. Um, that, that and there's be, a, there was a Hulk. There's, there's a weird There's Hulk always been creature. a kind of a Hulk. Uh, and a, there's always been an Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, See, it, I don't... it reeks to me as a one-panel gag that someone liked too much. Exactly. And now they've turned it into... Like, it's the core of the Avengers run at the moment. Yeah. Um, which I don't agree with. Um, and they seem to be a little bit guilty of it here with Venom. There, there's two things I like about this uh, Venom retcon. One thing is it gives you a deeper understanding of the symbiote, which Go is on. cool. Yeah. It gives that universe a little more fleshing out. Mm-hmm. What I don't like now is the character of Null. He's suddenly an all-powerful being that we've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's he been? 
Where's he been? Exactly. So these are these are the two types of of kind of retcons that you find. There's there's the big lie retcon, and there's the the new info retcon that you oh. never knew before. Oh, the we're characters a, were unaware of. We're doing a whole analysis. Are well, we? This well, is exciting. Was, Hold on, I'm going to bring my mic a bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. it, and what what really brought it to my attention was the the venom idea. Okay, so there's like a. I'm sorry, I'm very loud today. Um, the the, there was the Venom idea and then there's so the new information one is usually the easiest way to do it it's yeah, just information the characters didn't have before and it works well with certain elements so for example the Venom symbiote has always been mega mysterious mm-hmm. as a thing yeah. we don't know where it came from so in that case fans were, were really always waiting for a bit more I wasn't from okay not all fans but you could easily introduce new information about that thing and provided it's not contradictory ridiculous or ridiculous or contradictory or whatever mm-hmm. um you can kind of it's okay you can do that it's fine the other type of retconning and marvel is guilty of this as well is the big lie mm-hmm. retcon one of the ones that i i remember really well is when uh scott summers or cyclops is shown to have a brother Another brother. Another brother. So he has he has havoc, but he has a, an illegitimate brother that his father Corsair had in the stars. But even his first brother, Havoc, was havoc. a retcon. Was he? Yeah. I mean, like oh yeah, he came onto the yeah he came onto the scene later, and it was like, oh, he's, my powers don't work on him. I wonder why. He's your brother. Surprise! Surprise! Um, so the one that I thought was ridiculous was when this character was introduced as Vulcan. Mm. Vulcan is like a superpowered Superman kind of character. Yeah, one of the most uh, powerful mutants. But it turns out they take um, the Uncanny X Men, which is where they introduce Storm. Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, like Joss Whedon, Banshee. No, this was way back in the eighties. Okay, in the 80s. Right, go on, go on, you know go where on. they introduced the new line, yes, of of X Men, and they had this whole thing about Krakoa, the island of Krakoa, mm-hmm. which turned out to be a giant mutant, and yeah. it was a whole thing. Uh, but it turns out, go on, that uh, Scott Summers actually originally went to Krakoa um, in the retcon. He went to Krakoa with another team of X-Men and they were all murdered. Yeah. Um, and then he went back to Professor X. Professor X wiped his mind and sent him back with a new team. What a big lie. So this is a huge lie. It takes what is traditionally a, a great story. Um, a great story where you see a team come together. They bond. They rescue the original X-Men. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. And it turns out this was all an elaborate lie developed by Professor X who is a real want, dickhead. Yeah, is a real dickhead. That's the bad kind of retcon mm-hmm. that you have, where it's a big old lie. Especially when a character you like turns out to be a big dickhead. Yeah. But especially when a character you like turns out to be a big dickhead, which was never the intention for the character. Yeah. Because like the- in sorry, like in the Flash. Did you see the Flash season one, the TV show? Yes. Where it turned out that his mentor, Tom Cavanaugh. I can't yeah. remember the character's real name. It's uh, the character's name. Oh no. Tom Cavanaugh's the actor. Yeah, anyway. Harrison he, Wells. Harrison Wells. Well, it turned oh, out man. that he was a big dickhead the whole time. Yeah. Grand, because that wasn't a retcon. They knew that from the moment they started writing that yeah. character. He's going to turn out to be a dickhead. New information yeah, that the character exactly. didn't have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not a retcon. But yeah, yeah the, the Professor X is a dickhead. Definitely a retcon. Came out of the, came out of the blue. Like Although Professor just... X is full of retcons. He had a secret twin as well, remember? He, yeah, in the womb. In the womb. And she went to Cassandra. Nova. Nova, is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. Just not a fan. That was Mark um, Miller, wasn't it? <laughs> Marvel has done that with, with a lot of its characters. Mm-hmm. Wolverine is always getting a retcon. Yeah, he loves a retcon. Are you finished talking about Vulcan? Because I realised uh, I cut across you. 
Yeah, no, I'm finished talking. No, it was just an example to me of of a huge recon. So I thought, Michael, what we do today is we take a look at different recons that we've seen throughout our our collective history, and Go we'd yeah. put them into two categories. We decide whether it was a long lie, yeah, which is not really very acceptable, or whether it was just unknown information to that point, which mm. is acceptable information. Right. Okay. Well, Ben, I'm not going to do that, but okay, I'm going to say, and then you tell me which okay. one you think it is. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because I, yeah, you know what I mean? That's fine. Screw you and your rules. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> ben, one of, here's are, you, a are you going against a conceit on purpose? Yeah. Oh, I'm a real twisty snake. Yep. So I'm going to retcon this. I you're, was actually a bad a, bloke the whole time. You're a slippery customer. Oh. Benjamin, yeah. have you ever, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in the podcast, but I'm quite a fan of Invincible. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have mentioned it once or twice. Like throwback to 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> the central conceit of Invincible, Ben, mm. if you remember, was basically a superboy tale where we follow a young superman in training his father is essentially superman he's called omni man but he's essentially superman and it turns out in about issue 11 or 12 that omni man was actually the vanguard of an alien invasion of earth yeah real bad egg real bad egg and he fights invincible finds out and they have a fight and invincible wins barely and omni man i think leaves the planet or something and he he doesn't when he loses and omni man can't he pulls his punches mm. in the end. Yeah, he can't. He can't, he can't kill his own kill son. Yeah. yeah, and then he kills all the other superheroes. Yeah, uh, who have found out real bad egg. Uh, yeah, he's a real bad egg. But that later gets retconned. Oh no! That gets retconned to that before the fight. Mm. He had been having second thoughts about no. this whole invasion thing. No, and it undermines in many ways the central great. The great twist of Invincible, the early going, was that his dad was evil. Yeah. His dad comes back as a good guy a few issues later. Now, here's the thing, right? I see your your face, your little disapproving look. Yeah. It leads to great stories. Yeah, okay. Um, And his dad becomes a really important character, really huge divisive character in the whole universe that he creates. One of the, the strengths of Invincible is that it's on its own. Yeah. So his dad flip-flops between committed and non-committed, but that doesn't ruin other books. Well, that's handy. Yeah, so you know what I mean? So there's not another book going on where you have the evil dad and then another one where he's mostly good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just following this one story. Now, to me, that was a retcon because to my my mind, I don't know, I'm I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what Robert Kirkman was planning. Sure. But it seemed to me like that was the central twist and then he rode back on it and said, yeah. oh, actually, you know what? There's more we can do if yeah. his dad was conflicted the whole time as opposed to just a flat out baddie. Yeah. And he does that a few times, does Robert Kirkman. He categorically kills off characters and then rolls it back a while later. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I think that Robert Kirkman is best suited to writing in his own universe Instead of being lent characters, yeah, because he doesn't, he does a butchering of them. Yeah, because he he has to really forcibly roll back things. He he's done that before. You remember the Ultimate X Men, exactly. Yeah. Where yeah, he 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 introduced a character called Magician, mm-hmm. and Magician basically eliminates the entire team in twenty five seconds flat, and, and then, then at the end back. it's like, oh well, I'll just use my reality warping powers to to switch everything. Also, that at the end of the Apocalypse Saga in the Ultimate, anyway. Kirkman does that a lot. Kirkman does a lot. He loves a hard retcon. So, I didn't, Ben, when I first saw it, like that retcon. Mm. But, 
I appreciated that it was the right choice in the end, I mm. think. You tell me what you think of that quandary. Mm, that is an interesting quandary. Well, it's definitely... It's definitely I, I would go out to limb and say, in my personal opinion, he probably didn't intend to bring him back as a... As a goodie. As a goodie. He probably didn't intend for that to happen. I think what probably was... Oh, wait, sorry. Hold on. To, sorry to interrupt you. What what did my good lady partner say was the word we have to use was a boldy. A boldy. Yeah. Not a baddie. So it turns out, it turns out boldy or dead is a game that Michael and his good lady friend play when they're watching television. Yeah. So boldy is now going to be the podcast term for, for, for a bad egg. Yeah, or bad egg. That we use in... So we have bad egg or boldy. Mm-hmm. Boldy egg. Um, no, 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 it's not the same. Bad egg or boldy. Bad, bad egg or boldy. Um, he was a boldy. It was a great. Um, <laughs> it was a great way of of pushing the drama, and that it was a fantastic twist. Yeah, that you know, one of the re- best twists changed the narrative mm-hmm. big time. Um, yeah. in a great way, in a really tried and tested story, it was a great way to shake it up. And um, yeah, but I doubt he ever intended to use him as much as he did. Yeah, he came back an awful lot, and an awful lot of people forgave him very quickly. Mm-hmm. For for a man that destroyed, you know, half the planet. Well, Superman. Did he do that? What, the, the, the Man of Steel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, we, but the, we've we complained about that massively on the podcast I know, before. Yeah. Yeah, so. Superheroes tend to get a lot... Uh, people forget what superheroes do. A lot of collateral damage. But, yeah, yeah. Like they let Magneto on the X-Men an awful lot. Yeah, that's fair. For a man who's <laughs> he killed did, a lot of people. He did pop along an awful lot. Yeah, to be fair, we have a little bit of moral flexibility when it comes to recruitment drives. But, um, yeah... You're right. It did have fantastic stories, so it had unexpectedly positive um, consequences. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to give out about it from from that perspective. Very, when it's done well, yeah, and recovered well. Mm. Very disappointing in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. But worth it in the long term. Mm. That's a quandary. Yeah, isn't it? Mm. Talk about another one. Yeah, um, another one that I have that I think is very very good and helped to kind of expand a universe mm-hmm. um, was uh, Firefly or Serenity. Oh. Um, but in this case, they reckoned a particular type of character in the show. Um, they reckoned the Reavers. Oh. The Reavers in Firefly the series. The Reavers. Um, well, first of all, for anybody that doesn't know what even is a Reaver, mm-hmm. a Reaver is kind of like a mad redneck hillbilly cannibal pioneer cannibal kind of thing outer space kind of thing and they all band together and you can always spot a reaver because their ships are barely functioning mm-hmm. and they're kind of cobbled together mm-hmm. and they're known for the most horrific acts across the universe so horrific they can make you into a reaver yes that they can make you into a reaver so there's there's two famous examples of this um and one is um they have an episode called bushwhacked, bushwhacked. yeah i think so yeah i think it's bushwhacked anyway reavers attack them on the planet um, while they're pulling a bank job one guy gets pulled off by a reaver and rather than go back <laughs> uh, they get pulled off the firefly crew Mal's little ship and um, rather than go back and save him which is what his lieutenant wants him to do mm-hmm. Mal actually shoots him straight through the heart yeah. and kills him so that he doesn't have to face the, the horrible acts the horrible acts include uh, cannibalism while mm-hmm. he's still alive mm-hmm. raping um, no good psychological torture stuff yeah. like that so eventually they actually worse save worse than John Lasseter yeah, it, worse than John Lasseter. John Lasseter times a thousand, um, and he, they don't. The worst thing about the Reavers is they don't just stick to lady animators. They they <laughs> <laughs> they, wow. they destroy everything in their path yeah. um, across the cosmos. Um, 
And uh, yeah, in one episode, they find someone who has been tortured and abused by the Reavers. On an abandoned ship. On an abandoned ship. One of my favourite genres, Ben, as you they, know. You love an abandoned ship. You love a yeah. ghost ship. Yeah. Um, and they take him on board. And slowly he begins to go insane mm-hmm. on the ship. Yeah. And and Mal posits that um, basically the only way to cope with the psychological trauma he's done, he has to do what he saw um, and kind of repeat that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Reavers became this kind of horrific concept of indoctrination, kind of like a Wendigo, I guess. If you looked at it as a space Wendigo, it's the, the pioneers that went out, went mad and, came and back, kind yeah. of came back. Although if you're a Supernatural fan, you'd have to say Wendigo. Wendigo, which I will not say. Good. Um, so and Sam Hain. Uh, Sam Hain, which is not how you say sound, but okay. Um, anyway, if you take a look at that, the explanation given is there are men that went to the edge, edge of space, space. Yeah. stared into the void and went mad. Yeah. Which is cool, yeah. but it doesn't really... A bit vague. It's it's very very vague, very very vague. No, we're pronouncing that vague. No, uh, you're pronouncing that vague. I'm pronouncing it vague. Um, but then in the Serenity movie, mm-hmm. when we've learned more about the the goings on, the, the goings on, and especially about the big evil confederacy, not mm-hmm. confederacy. What's it called? I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, you I, you go. I knew I'll what look this was. Uh, anyway, it is the confederacy by any other name. They're the core planets that um, kind of band together. They're also a bunch of, of boldies or bad eggs because they experiment <laughs> on their populace and look into different ways of mind controlling. That is where um, River comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, River is an experiment by the Feder- Federation. Is it the Federation? I don't think so. That's Star Trek. Uh, the it. Alliance. The Alliance. Sorry, it's called the Alliance. They're a bunch of, of bad eggs and they are always experimenting into ways to make the populace more um, Compliant. Compliant. And Mal and his team represent kind of the free frontier people. Mm-hmm. So to people in the core planets, the Reavers are just kind of a bad bedtime story. A boogeyman. Yeah, a boogeyman. But to people who Wendigo. live on the outer worlds are very aware that Reavers are a very real threat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it turns out in Serenity, the movie where we learn even more about and they expand the universe, it turns out that the Reavers are um, a virus gone wrong. Um the alliance is it a virus I thought it was it's, a chemical it's a chemical but it becomes kind of a, if you have it in your body I think you can transfer so, it to yeah, other people it actually doesn't make a lot of sense yeah but in terms of expanding the universe mm-hmm. it worked quite well yeah um, so the Reavers uh, hold on I'm going to do something AMS or Miranda <laughs> so the, they travel to a shutdown planet that was kind of erased from Alliance Records. What was the name of the planet? I can't remember. Miranda. <laughs> so they travel to Miranda yeah. um, and they look at the logs and it turns out that the Alliance was experimenting with introducing uh, an infection or a pathogen into the populace, the populace mm-hmm. that made them way more compliant. Yeah. Unfortunately, in a small amount of the populace it mutated and turned them into boldies boldies psychopathic kind of primal men and women that tore things apart and just acted on it Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. um and this was a fantastic way of showing where the reavers came from because the staring into space and going mad thing was very that was that was always you see sorry to cut across you here ben but this is you see that always struck me as an in-universe folktale that's what people believed in the universe. That wasn't yeah. the truth. That was what people came up with to explain it. Yeah. And then the real explanation was, in a way, more mundane, but, we but never also got... more horrific. Yeah, but we were never going to get an explanation, I don't think, from the original series. I thought we were. Oh, okay. So we have difference of opinions. Well, anyway, 
maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe it's not a retcon. Maybe it's just eventual thing. But to me, that was a, a retcon kind of origin story for a character class. And I think it made them much scarier. And it gave them a much more... But it also helped to enhance the villainy of the the Alliance. It, it also helped to show you just how far they were willing to go. I don't agree with you that that's a retcon. Okay. I think that that was his intention all along. I think that that was going to be revealed in season two or three. If that is the case, that is the best Joss Whedon thing that I have ever seen. Uh, it's probably, it may well be. Yeah. It may well be his, his master, well, Avengers. Speaking of Joss Whedon. Go on. It's not really in retcon territory, but it slightly is. Did you hear that he admitted that he had no idea what he was going to do with Thanos? Did, oh, really? Yeah, he admitted uh, yeah. in an interview about a week ago that he had no idea. He had introduced Thanos as kind of like a cool thing to have mm. at the end of the original but he had no idea how he was going to work him into the overall universe that's fine the Russo brothers yeah, sorted that I out I know they like, sorted it out very very well they've got it under control but it was very interesting to hear him admit it um, as you, you do, know I'm not a giant Whedon fan there are very few things that you I prefer can, your Whedon's average size I, I prefer we, average Whedon's it's just it's too big I can't enjoy myself mm-hmm. um, he's doing a new Buffy now oh, no. so he'll be surrounded by impressionable young actresses oh god mm. Whedon too that'd be nice um, hashtag Buffy 2. Yeah, whatever. You can take your pick. Um, if you got another thing to talk about? but uh, No, if you have one, I'd, I'd be more than happy to hear it. Uh, do you want to... Oh, I have two bad ones here. Which one do we want? Do we go movies or TV? TV. TV, okay. Yeah. Well, we just uh, do TV, so... Hydra, Ben. You've heard oh, of Hydra? Oh, God. Uh, look, I'll hit you with both these quick ones. Because they're both kind of stupid. Hit me with your best shot. So, Hydra, Ben. What's Hydra? Tell me what Hydra is. Hydra is the famous organization that... Well, not famous. The, the infamous organization yeah. in the Marvel comics that started in World War II mm-hmm. uh, under Baron Strucker. Right. Baron Strucker was a left-hand man to the Red Skull and Hitler. Yeah. Um, I think opposite sides of the same coin. Anyway, um, they want to take over the world. Yeah. They're a bunch of bad eggs. They want to take over the world with science. Yeah. And... Kind of vague Nazism. Vague Nazism. Not anymore, Ben. No. Not if you're a fan of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, God. If you're a fan of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra actually comes from before humanity, when the first Inhumans were created, and one of them became too powerful. So he was exiled to a, an alien planet using a, a monolith, because uh, he was the most powerful Inhuman. Boo. And then a secret society formed, determined to bring him back. Boo. And they spread throughout history to to be Hydra. And then when the Red Skull came along in Captain America the First Avenger, he kind of hijacked Hydra for his own needs and lost sight of the original, real purpose of Hydra. Boo. Mm. So the real meaning of Hydra was an, a group of humans and inhumans who wanted to bring back the most powerful evil inhuman. That's what Hydra really was. Okay, so this, this combines, uh, first of all, one of my favourite segments of the podcast. Ben's Retractions. And a third, a new third category for... No, not Ben's Retractions. <laughs> uh, a new third category for our retcons. It's the Why Would You Do That? Oh, very good. Retcon. Um, because Hydra is a perfectly good organisation as a human organisation. It doesn't need no. deeper roots. No, it really doesn't. It had a great origin yeah. with a solid reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. In fact... The movies did an even better job of cleaning it up because mm. Red Skull went off on his own agenda outside of Hitler. He had no interest in Nazism. He used yeah. Hitler to amass resources and following. Mm-hmm. But he had no intention of of following Nazi program or anything like that. 
like it had a good origin. Yeah, one, and of, one of my least favorite retcons there, Ben. Like Winter Soldier was good, yeah, because it resurfaced and it wasn't gone away. And even the back half of season one of Agents of Shield was good. Yeah, which was the kind of low budget dealing with the fallout of of the Hydra being embedded in Shield. Yeah, but that yeah, very bad. Do you that's want another a, bad one? Let's go on. Give us a, give us another. Hit me with your best shot. Spider Man Three, Ben. Oh fuck! Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, I saw them in the cinema. Oh, very good. 2007 Spider-Man 3. Yeah, so much um, in the cinema. The, the biggest retcon crime that that commits is... We all know the story of why Spider-Man is Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And he, he let a criminal escape who went yeah. on to kill his Uncle Ben. But it wasn't that guy. Yeah. It was another guy who killed him. Right. Who later became the Sandman. Yes. Do you remember that scene? The sa- yes. The, the Sandman accidentally yeah. killed Uncle Ben. We've already seen Uncle Ben's death. Why did you have to do it again? Exactly. Why couldn't he have just been a criminal? Why did the Sandman in Spider-Man 3 have to be the criminal who accidentally killed? He had great motivation prior to that as well. This is this is another thing. It's another why would you do that? His daughter. He wanted to live to see his daughter again. He didn't want to be made of sand anymore. Yeah. What a like, perfectly fine motivation. Both solid motivations. Yeah. I don't have any problem with either of those. Yeah, I want to get my daughter back and I don't want to be sand. I mean, solid calls all around. Yeah. Well done, lads. Yeah. But now... Uh, but no now... Good. Now it's a whole mess. One of my least favourites. Uh, Two what, of my least favourites there. One of, the man who's, one of the men who's very guilty of a retcon is, is Scott Schneider. Go on. Scott Schneider has done a lot of damage to Batman in my... I am very fond oh, of what Scott Schneider... Again. Here no, no, no. Okay. Bloody Batman Okay. Again. All right. Okay. We'll stay away from Batman. No, no. Go on. We'll stay away from Batman. No, that was but he thing. is one of the characters who suffers most from bad retconning. I disagree. I think Spider-Man. But go on. We, we, I said he was one of the characters who yeah. suffers most. All right. Whatever. One of the characters. I cover my ass these days. However, Ben. I just, <laughs> just did a W for a word beginning with H, Michael. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Anywho, Scott Snyder Batman. Scott Snyder Batman. He is constantly, yes, constantly reconning hard. Yeah. With Batman, for example, Barbatos from the Dark Knights Metal series has always followed Batman. I don't all know who Barbatos is. Barbatos is the Dark God from the multiverse oh. that introduces all the bad things. But it turns out Barbatos has always been there, mm-hmm. and everything Batman has done has been leading to the moment where he could let Barbatos through. I just don't know where these ideas come from. I don't like them. It's too big mm-hmm. to be successful. Right. You've heard the phrase too big to fail. But sometimes with a retcon, there are too many knock-on domino effect implications mm-hmm. that would have affected the universe in a massive way. Mm-hmm. Like every time the Joker nearly killed Batman. That would have ruined Surely Barbatos would have stepped in. And but he only nearly killed him then. But No, but you see, that's the thing. Either Barbatos is omniscient and knew that he wouldn't die or... Mm-hmm. And that means he would never have failed because he fails in the Dark Knight Metals series. That's not anyway. a spoiler. It's all. So this is the thing. The implication is too big for that to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Superman is never taken into account. He's only used as a pawn. This is, makes Batman the center of the universe, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. It's too big for it's that ridiculous. to be. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then the Court of Elves, it turns out, had always been working with Barbatos. And the Court of Elves was actually a decent Batman edition. It gave him an interesting foe. Um, it was kind of a 1% tap into the zeitgeist thing where mm-hmm. like the rich people were controlling everything. But it just goes back and it, it kind of tears all this apart. I just don't understand it. <laughs> You've never... But like, there's no... The other thing is, I hate when there's not a single mention of it. And then everybody goes, oh, this is the day we always feared. All the big characters like the Wizard Shazam, mm-hmm. the, guard, the Guardians of the Green Lantern Corps... Um, 
the mystic stranger you know the century or uh, the specter they're all like oh no we always feared this day was come and you've never mentioned it before yeah. <laughs> not once in all the times i hate that kind of record where it's like oh this is the biggest thing we've always feared it's like and you've never never not once it. put like a plan in place yeah. to remember, take care of that remember over when the, the universe was ending and you didn't mention this yeah you didn't mention that you did, there was never been like oh maybe that's this thing and it's like no that's the kind of retconning I hate more than anything. Here's a Spider-Man one, right? Yeah. Another Spider-Man one. <laughs> how many how many superheroes resulted from that bloody spider? So it, it bit Spider-Man, right? Yeah. It bit Peter Parker yeah. and turned him into Spider-Man. Yeah. Later it turned out that it was magic. It was actually sent there by a spider god. Oh fuck. Um but it was it was sent there by a spider god to give him powers of the spider totem, J. Michael Straczynski. He gets a bit carried away. I fucking... I so, don't like J. Michael Straczynski. Anyway, then it went and bit uh, classmate Cindy Moon. Cindy Moon? Who's who I've never Co- heard of before. Ha- Korean-American. Ah, uh, handy. And it gave her powers too. Is she spider silk? She's silk. She's silk. Uh, but the reason you've never heard of her is she was taken away by the government and hidden for years. So oh. that's why Spider-Man was active. Also present that day was Jessica Jones. Because oh. Spider-Man's... She had a crush on Peter Parker yes, in high school. I recall this. Too much. Yeah, too much too for much one incident. Yeah. Too He's... many things have been stuck in there. Also present was JFK. And <laughs> he was there in the and spider Lee room. Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald was inspired to shoot him because... By seeing a spider seeing pass away. Exactly. <laughs> um, other things that were dependent on that one moment in history. Um, Cuban Missile Crisis. The spider then actually led him to a time machine that sent him back to shoot J- uh, to shoot uh, Martin Luther King. When uh, was that? That was before JFK, I think. No. Yeah. Was it before Spider-Man? Possibly. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know. It doesn't second. matter. The magic spider changed everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Magic is always a fucker, though. Like, Get just, out of here. Just like some messy stories. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let us know down below if you have any retcons that you absolutely hated. Do you have any beloved characters that were spoiled by retcons? Did you have any really nice storylines yeah. uh, that were spoiled sometimes it's good, by though. a retcon? Or if you have something that was made better by a retcon, for example, an Invincible that mm-hmm. isn't really a retcon, but it might be, or uh, Firefly, please let us know down below. We'd love to hear what you think. As always, you can find us on Facebook, you yeah. can find us Michael on Twitter, podcast. or you can find us on our preferred medium which is Instagram we are on Instagram we'd love to have you engage with us and let us know what you think yeah um, I think that's all from us Michael that's not too iTunes uh, oh yeah there's an L, there's an L iTunes knocking around out there if you could give us a review on iTunes but only if it's a five star review um, well I mean yeah don't give us a crap review <laughs> please <laughs> please um yeah, give us an hour review because that does help us spread the podcast a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like your favourite infection. Um, and then... Oh, like my leg. Leg um, update. Leg update. Oh, yeah. A, quick. I have quick. a big hole in my leg. My I have like a... Let's say uh, up to your first knuckle of your thumb sized hole in my That's leg. That's a deep hole. Yeah, it's pretty deep. It's yeah. it's it's healing from the out inside out. So things are on the up. Yeah. So if you want to wish Michael well, you can leave us a comment down below wishing him better. Um, and aside from that, we're still on SoundCloud. So check us out. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Bye.